Brandt. Had a bit of space for himself. Brandt, and what a chance! It's finished by Mukoko! Of Dortmund masterwork. It is a piece of masterwork! Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper, and it! A one-man counter-attack! Coming straight back with Marlon! Hey, welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. How's it going, man? How are you doing? Doing well. We're pretending this is the first take, everyone, when we have been at this for almost <laughs> almost 40 minutes. That's not true. Maybe like 30 minutes. No, I was 23 minutes late, so like 22 Wait. minutes. The connection was bad. The microphone on my end keeps unplugging. But other than that, still in the Pokal, still undefeated in the league. How are you doing, Jake? Doing, doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good if All everything right. keeps recording and we just keep cruising along. And I could just be <laughs> blabbing to no one or hopefully people are listening to this. But hey, we made it this far. So let's just let's just keep trying. Um, we covered a lot in the previous recordings. But we're going to we're going to try this again. Obviously, going to this Frankfurt game, we saw some lineup changes. We saw Reyna come back. Um, and I mean, it, this, this was a. We know Frank Frankfurt's been better than expected this season. We know we de- we typically have a, a good record against them, even on the road. But it's a tough, cold night in Frankfurt. Tough game. Uh, they were on it. We went down early. Uh, we lost Gregor Kobel in the like twenty after they scored a second goal. Uh, but we we pulled out the draw. I'm happy about that. We're still undefeated in the league. I think even lo- like looking at the table, like it's still a little disappointing that. We're undefeated in the league, and we're we're sitting at fourth. But that's just because other teams are doing well too. And it's just sometimes it's better to lose it points wise. Sometimes it's better than lose a match and win one than to just get some draws. And that's kind of where why we're sitting in, in fourth. But uh, yeah, overall, like I'm really happy. Like it was a tough game, and I'm glad that we were able to come back twice. Once from two goals down, and you know them getting a third goal at home thinking they they've got it like it's going to be hard to come back from that too and Julian Brand is there to to put it away and, and tie it not put it away but get us back in into the match to get some results so uh yeah I mean those are my thoughts I'm I'm happy with how the match ended I'm happy that we were able to fight back what about you yeah Frankfurt were unbeaten in their last 14 home games uh, since the 2-1 loss against us exactly a year ago uh, when Jude Bellingham came and scored the winner there uh, they've also they're also winless at home against Dortmund in their last six games or six meetings with uh, Dortmund at home. So you, Brian, and I were relatively confident going into this one just because the team has been finding their feet the past few weeks. Terzic seems to be getting his message across a little bit more clear. Uh, people are starting to you know figure out kind of the blueprints of this team and figure out you know like this maybe just be by design at this point. Uh, the football not being the the most eye-catching and the most you know easy on the eye, but we are still getting results. Um, yeah, roller coaster of a game. I mean, this was an absolute goal fest, uh, and neither team in the opening minutes, even opening seconds, excuse me, were just not afraid to go forward and attack in numbers. I mean, Geo uh, having his first start this season, um, creating a chance just seconds into the game, uh, and then right at the end of their end, uh, Frankfurt come and attack us. Fortunately, we have the penalty call against us. What was that? Less than 10 minutes in, if I'm not mistaken. 
Let me go back. Uh, and yeah, the penalty was at like the goal was the eighth, but it was at like the fifth minute or I think in the fifth minute when they had those, it was like two shots on goal. Koble, couple big saves right off that, but then on the clearance, hits Wolf's arm as he's. Uh, I mean, I already ranted about it once when we tried to record before, but I'll do it again. I don't care. Like these handball rules, uh, you're seeing it every multiple times a weekend. Premier League, Bundesliga, MLS, like it's it's out of control. Who knows what the rules are? Like to me, his arm is in a natural position because that's how you kick a ball with the balance arm out. And that's exactly what he's, he was doing. He had no idea. Knauf was behind him coming up. Um, the, the, when the ball is kicked, it's like two feet away from his arm. So also like even if it was an unnatural position, like what's he supposed to do about it? Um, that That's what's frustrating to me. It's like we've seen multiple of these kinds of calls. Um, and it's just, it's crazy. Like something needs to happen. I don't know what, but I mean, I know what they need to just figure their shit out. Uh, but it's, and it's really frustrating that again, you can't say it's, it's not a natural position. If that's one of the rules you want to go by, because it is very natural to kick a ball like that. Right. Especially, I mean, like you mentioned, it's, it was like a half folly. It was really close to him. Knauf was coming from behind him. And I, I guess good instinct on Knauf trying to poke it onto his arm. And you see a lot of players doing that nowadays. Um, He's coming from behind Wolf. I mean, he has no idea where the ball. Well, he knows where the ball is, excuse me, but he doesn't know Canova's going to be poking it from behind and and you know getting his arm there. So it's not like he was you know is anything intentional. Which I know that doesn't really uh, hold much weight of an argument. But like you said, yeah, I mean, it looks relatively natural um, for the position he was in and his body shape and everything. So. It's really unfortunate, and you see a lot of these calls go against us, whether we're wanting the penalty or we're not wanting the penalty and we're in defense. It's just either way, usually it goes against us. I know when we were recording earlier, of course, the call against Hedenheim came um, and helped us out there. But for the most part, in the last four or five years, a lot of really unlucky calls for handballs going against us on both sides of the ball. So uh, we go down early, and then a second goal from Marmouche, uh, from Frankfurt, I wanted to touch on him and just and say he was he was everywhere this game. I mean, he only got what was it, fifteen starts for Wolfsburg last year. Played in most games, but only fifteen starts and scored a handful of goals. And he's about to surpass that stat in just the first nine games of the season so far for Frankfurt. Uh, I mean, he he was playing centrally. He played out wide. He was making a lot of things happen um, off the ball. He was he was a bit of a playmaker. He was looking to finish. So uh, he was he was very dangerous. and He was a handful for this defense and not just exclusive to him either. I mean, Frankfurt was really doing a number on our defense this whole game. You could argue this was one of the more, if not the most, I guess, disappointing uh, performance from the, def- uh, you know, the defense as a unit this game. Um, I think a lot of that also can come down to coaching, given Terzic didn't react uh, to Frankfurt consistently having the same attack over and over and over again. Uh, for the majority of this game, definitely the entire first half, all 45 minutes um, coming down and, you know, poking and then behind Ben Zabaini when he was caught out of position or coming down the opposite side. And then when you get into the attacking third, switching it real quick to go back behind Ben Zabaini again, or if Schlotterbeck poked up a bit, either way, just hammering that left-hand side for, uh, for our defense. And we just had no answer. Um, so yeah, you'd expect Terza to kind of start to react to that a bit sooner, have a, um, a contingency plan in place that we can try to neutralize that a bit better and um and yeah just defend better as a unit but that's just what frankfurt you know they saw the uh 
the weakness there and they just continue to exploit that. And why wouldn't you, you know, just keep going and, and try to get results and, and goals. And that's exactly what they did for that first half. Yeah, this was this was like the first match where it seemed like us getting caught out was a consistent problem. And it, w- it wasn't just like a one off or anything like we kept getting caught out Their Their persistent attacks and how they were attacking was was definitely hurting us. Why they, they scored the first two goals uh, in 24 minutes like that. That's why the where the penalty came from. Like it wasn't just that it was a bullshit hand call in the box. It was also off a very good attack. Uh, where it was thankfully kept kept out by two really good close range saves by Kobel, uh, who did a really good job. Um, and then yeah, second goal, kind of the same, where they got in the box, cut across, uh, and they were after another Kobel save, someone uh, charged in and and was able to finish it. And then I guess it was short shortly before the goal, uh, maybe going out for a corner kick or something. Kobel took an elbow to the nose, and he ended up subbing off in the like 25th minute or whatever like shortly after the, the second goal he subbed off we saw meyer sub in so yeah down two in about 25 minutes and we see Kobel, who's already made some huge saves sub off doesn't look the best uh but thankfully we're able to get back into it and was it sabitzer gets the not the equalizer sabitzer gets our first goal back in stoppage time we've been doing this quite frequently we've been been counting on some uh stoppage time goals which i I never hate it's always a good thing Get, gets you some good momentum so yeah right before halftime is is i mean when you're in a position like this of course is like the best time to score i mean suck all the momentum back out of frankfurt and then back onto your side going into the second half and um yeah you like you mentioned Kobel, only 25 minutes but he made some really big saves continues to be a monster in that and also captain as well i, I could be wrong and i should have had the stat ready but i think he has more captain appearances as captain this season than chan maybe i'm just spreading in this information but i just i think i feel like that's right <laughs> um, <laughs> um now terzik does come out the second half with a bit different of a shape uh, an idea in mind and he has that by making a few changes so reyna comes off uh, like i mentioned he made some chances early on but i feel like this isn't just necessarily the game for him unfortunately i mean fitness can be it's it's multifactorial right it, it could be fitness well, it was fitness, but also he's not a player that's necessarily when he plays in the wing, he's not going to be tracking back a bunch and um, and playing defense. And when you're already exploited time and time again on that left hand side, uh, Reyna is just not going to be the answer to help you out there, especially when Ben Zabaini was getting caught out as well. So he brings in Adeyemi to play for that left hand side. And um, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, you know, Adeyemi's not been himself whatsoever this season but he is a player that's going to track back and work really hard and he has the pace and he's not afraid to get himself into tackles so maybe bring a little bit more defensive stability on that left hand side Uh, so it brings on him as well as Mukoko a full half this game and I could be wrong here but I think that's the most minutes he's gotten before obviously the Hoffenheim game uh, this season and then we got like, I think it was like 30 against Cologne. But other than that, he hasn't gotten much time at all. So it's a good chance to prove himself. And I mean, what, nine minutes into the second half and he scores himself a goal. Great instinct for the equalizer as well. If you watch it back as we're coming down the field, he pokes back a bit. And this is some striker's instinct here to find himself some space right in front of the penalty spot. And he knows where that second ball is going to come whenever Frankfurt get ahead on it. Or I can't remember how that touch went but falls right to Mokoko's feet. And that's the exact kind of position you want to be in as a striker, and he slots at home. I mean, Mokoko is a fantastic finisher. 
that's arguably his best quality about him. Um, so, you know, great to get him some confidence. Hopefully that he can get a bit more minutes as well. Uh, cause we still don't know, you know, the uncertainty of Hilaire and his fitness. I think Mukoka could be a really good game changer going forward. I mean, he brings something to the table that neither Hilaire or Fulcro bring, uh, not necessarily like a negative to them, but just totally different player profiles. Um, so yeah, now we're back in it two two, in the uh, the beginning of the second half, and now we got a game on our hands. Yeah, he. Uh, I want to say Mokoko shut me up. Like that's my first instinct. I don't know if I I said enough. I don't know if I really ragged on him enough last week to need to be shut up. I definitely said uh, he needs to be patient, and he's still so young that like you don't always see because um, there's this there's this tension, right? Like there's this the tension with Mokoko. Like so many people think, including himself. Uh, and we've heard it from other coaching staff people too. Like he probably deserves some more minutes and he's not getting it because now we bring in full Krug. Obviously with Hilaire having his issues, they brought in Mokoko. And I mean, la- last season, not Mokoko, we're talking about Mokoko. Sorry. I meant Modest. Um, yeah. <laughs> but w- with all this, like you, you just can see like boiling and rising and, and just him feeling like he deserves his chance. And I think he, he continues to prove it when he, we come, he comes in, he can usually get a goal. He makes stuff happen again. I'll go back to the age thing. Like it's still going to be this back and forth because maybe you want to trust someone with a little more maturity or a little who's more developed. But I mean, he, if he keeps doing this and if he does continue to get the chance, as you mentioned, like stepping in in a game changer role. And if that's something he's okay with, like maintaining and, and and like he'll get starts here and there. Uh, I mean, we just played deep round in the the Pocal and he got his start there. So if if that is like almost enough to satisfy him, if, if I think it's just everything needs to be communicated properly to him. Be like, just keep doing what you're doing. And again, it's the patience thing. Like, I, cause I just, I, I hope he gets that and I hope he sticks around. It's my whole thing. Like, I don't want him going anywhere. I'm just worried that, the the impatience or him feeling like he deserves more and yeah he probably does i just don't want him to leave and i hope he sticks around and that's i could i feel like i I do this every time we talk about makoko and i probably say the same thing over and over again but it's just because i don't want him to leave because he's so good he's only 18 which i know that changes in a few weeks with his birthday but i mean he still is only 18 so yeah patience is it goes without saying as a virtue and it's definitely really vital. I think for him and his, in the moment he has in his career right now to just, to just hold tight and still just give his all whenever he has these chances. And what better way to do that than getting us back on the score sheet, just less than 10 minutes into um, uh, his first big appearance of the season, really. So, I mean, great on him. And uh, you know, I don't want to also take too much credit away from him and uh, talk about Adeyemi too. I mean, he actually did something this game. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> he was struggling at times to, you know, get himself going and attack on that left-hand side. But towards the end, he, I mean, he made a good quick touch. Um, I think it was, oh God, who was around? It might've been Tuta or it might've been Buta, one of those two. Um, either way on their right-hand side. And uh, he used his pace, sent in a good cross, really, really clean and slick finish from Brandt. Uh, to get us back on again, coming down because they they went up three two after that, um, and just to, to make the game three three. And at that point, you could argue the first half, first fifty minutes or whatever, you know, is mostly going Frankfurt's way. If we were to get a result to this, it'd be kind of undeserving, and I, I would I'd take that on the chin. But I mean, Brent with with his goal at the end, I mean, I have to say, 
given the circumstances, again, two goals down, your keeper goes off. Uh, I mean, you're in a tough environment, you're away, and we clawed it back multiple times and got the t- and got the tie here. I think that's I think that's deserved in the end. And it's unfortunate we didn't get all three points, but and it's huge that we didn't you know go down and and stay down too. You know, this team. Oh God, we've been on the show for a few years now, and we've said dozens and dozens of times that this team can drop their heads even at home when we're still like tied. And and I think that's a, a good argument to say that maybe hopefully the mentality is, you know, slowly but surely shifting. You know, there's there's setbacks for sure. But you would hope we're, you know, again, weaving that more and more out of our game um, and just out of the club and uh, and just you know, credit to all the players for, for sticking with the game plan and, and not giving up for this this whole 90 minutes. Yeah. It feels like there's definitely been a a shift in that mentality, and I mean we've seen it multiple times this season already. And the, to come from two goals down, like you, as I would say, like as a Dortmund fan, you expect like we're two down at Frankfurt. Like okay, this is like maybe not looking at not if you like maybe you, you missed a few other games this season. I don't know. And you're you've been a Dortmund fan for a long time. You come into this, you see that you're like, but this is the game we're losing. Like we're not getting out of this. But for them to do it twice in this match. Uh, yeah, just speaks volumes of of the growth, and I don't like things haven't always been the way we feel like they, they should have played out. Like whether it's signings or or uh, just style, or I don't know. But, but we're we're grinding out results, and like we're we're still we're still undefeated in the league, and that, I think that yep. that speaks to so much. Um, and I think we're still growing too. Like there's still players we know we can see more from probably there's players we definitely want to see more from um i think maybe ben zabayini like i think this has been a, a topic this week too there's been a lot of discussion about him and and i i get it like from the i guess the the discussion like have you seen this online where it's like saying the club's not happy with the ben zabayini signing and it's like it's fine because he was a free transfer but maybe we want to improve that and I, i'm like i when you look at the attacking numbers, yeah, maybe that's not what they were hoping or expecting. I know when we played Munchen Gladbach last season, it was pretty early on in the season. Him as their left back had five goals, and that was more than any of our top scorers. So maybe they were expecting a little more uh, in the attacking fields, but I feel like he's been so good defensively. And no, he does he hasn't got an assist or a goal yet. But I like I don't get this we're not satisfied or we're not we're not happy. I guess we're not happy with that signing, which just seems crazy for anyone to say that in the middle of a season. I I can't remember where those reports came from online because I do remember seeing those too. I think that just may be you and I spending too much time on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe the general feeling is maybe a little bit more discontent uh, towards Ben Zabayani. But yeah, I don't think he's been... I mean, sure. These past like week or two, he hasn't been great. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have to obviously say he's miles ahead of, uh, Guerrero at, on, on the, as a left back, but, uh, it's just going to take time. I mean, it's only November here and, and I'm not going to get on him. We've given other players a hell of a lot more of a grace period to implement themselves more into the team. Um, and, and I'm still, yeah, I'm still all for Ben Savarini at the moment. I mean, unless he continues like this trajectory downwards and just, you know, nosedives for the rest of the season. But uh, other than that, I don't think it, I mean, he's still even in this game, he was the most fouled player. Uh, and this is against Frankfurt still. And he won the most duels, which was 10. So, again, not a 
not a flawless performance by any means. Again, taken uh, or caught out of position a lot of times. He also had eight recoveries and uh, two tackles one as well. So there's some redeeming qualities in this game, even though a lot of the attacks were targeting him or behind him um, moreover. But yeah, overall, I mean, getting a 3-3 result at Frankfurt isn't isn't terrible. And by the weekend, um, or the end of the the weekend for the, all the fixtures coming to fruition here, we're still in the top four, four points off ahead of Leverkusen, who are in first, only two points off of Bayern, who we have next in the league. But I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Let's jump in Hoffenheim next, unless you had any last minute thoughts for this Frankfurt game. Uh, nope. Uh, yeah, we can jump into Hoffenheim. And again, um, rotation, which we talked about last episode with Brian. I feel like on the, uh, the first couple of recordings we tried, we gave a lot of love to, to Brian in our discussion from last week, which we, we haven't done because we're trying to just move through while everything, while, power through while this. our technology is working. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, we talked about, we, for the next three weeks, we have two matches a week. Um, maybe three matches a week, depending on <laughs> the Saturday, Sunday fixture. Uh, but we, we've got games on a Tuesday or Wednesday coming up, Pokal, Champions League, Bundesliga, like we were, we're stacked. So it was going to be very interesting, especially, especially talking about like our depth at fullback and center back, um, and how, how, like what the kind of rotation we're going to see. Um, obviously we have now rain is coming back, which is great. And Makoko's getting more minutes. So we're seeing that rotation up top. Um, we, we just don't have the players to rotate in the back, but still interesting to see like, uh, or not interesting in a bad way. Like I, I'm glad to see it because I was worried what we were going to do and how we were going to be able to perform uh, these next few weeks. But again, um, some significant lineup changes, not necessarily compared to uh, the last match, but uh, we saw Jamie Bino Giddens coming in to start. Makoko starting up top at striker. Reina is in again, along with Royce and Brant starting reverse. Sorry, Oschan <laughs> uh, starting again. Rearson left back for Benzabayini. Schlatterback in Sule getting his start. Wolf right back in Koble in goal. I don't know if we mentioned it on this recording or a previous one that didn't work, but Koble, <laughs> good to see Koble back after mm-hmm. uh, getting subbed off early in the last match. Yeah, from what I read, he was just dizzy during the Frankfurt game, and I think it was just precautionary. Obviously, you don't want to make matters worse, but thankfully, he was able to bounce right back. And of course, he had another um, great game against Hoffenheim as well. Wasn't called to action a lot, but he was still just you know ready to be called on whenever that occasion rose. Um, thankfully, Sule got some minutes too, got a good start because um, Hummels has just been pretty much undroppable and Schlotterbeck has been as well. But I mean, Hummels, just like you mentioned time and time again, these past few weeks, Hummels needs a rest. And <laughs> this is a droppable, good... but dear God, let him rest. <laughs> yeah, this is a good opportunity for not only for Hummels to get some rest, but Sue to get some minutes. So we our system here is a 4-1-4-1. Uh, Reyna gets a second start, like you mentioned. Mukoko gets a full start as well. So you have a good, overall, you have a good mix of hungry young talent. Uh, who hasn't gotten a lot of minutes. I mean, Sule's not young, but he, again, some hungry talent there. And then you have some veterans in the side as well. So I think it's a good mix. Uh, you also have three number 10s playing centrally uh, into Hoffenheim, as well as JBG out wide, uh, ready to exploit the the flanks here and, and the wings in this game, which I thought was really fun to watch. Um, those first eight minutes, similar to Frankfurt, end-to-end, five shots from both sides in the first eight minutes. Uh, Bit of a wobbly start from Dortmund, but uh, with a big chance early on from Hoffenheim. But other than that, I mean, 
we put just consistent pressure on them pretty much all game. But um, just as that that first half went on, the first quarter hour, half hour, uh, really just shut them out slowly um, after that first big chance. But um, yeah, do you have any thoughts on the opening 15, 20 minutes or so? Um, I mean, just overall, I mean, looking at Hoffenheim, and they talked about it on the broadcast too, like they've been a very good away team um in the league specifically uh i think they're said 15 points on the road there if like if you look at the away table if that's really a thing it's like they're top of that but like they're yeah, a good team on the road um of course we beat them 3-1 that was in hoffenheim um i'm i'm we're, we'll talk about kind of the the league and team who teams who are in and out but i'm glad that we had uh a good opposition uh off the bat like i think it's just a good fresh way to start uh the cup not start but this is our second round right. end. but um especially being able to bet in these the younger guys like giving jamie bino gittens and makoko a start and reina getting back into it uh because it, it's yeah it's a cup competition and sometimes you rotate a lot but it's like we're still playing a bundesliga opposition so i'm glad to see those guys get significant minutes against uh a good opponent especially a good away or a good opponent who's who's good away um so yeah, good to see the result and it felt like a pretty dominant performance, even though we just had the one Oh win, um, j- just getting the one goal, but yeah, overall felt pretty good. A lot of one nails under Terzik just this season alone. I mean, I'm counting one, two, three, four, and just the last like calendar month or so. So, I mean, again, you don't have the much of the free flowing, you know, high attacking, which I mean, still there, has some high attacking some, football. There was some good, I, you saw some good tiki tacky stuff. Yeah, in this yeah, match, yeah. Which I <laughs> yeah, a little bit more than usual. Um, but I'm just saying, like, overall, you, you have more of these just kind of stable one nil wins. Um, and you have another one here. But uh, yeah, shout out to JBG this game. I mean, just running the entire 90 minutes. I mean, so many of our attacks either came from central. Um, or dishing it out to him and just kind of letting him do his thing, get close to the attacking third, then send in a cross, try to set up Royce, Reyna, Brandt, Mookie, whatever, however you want to look at it. Um, and it was pretty successful. I mean, granted, we didn't score a lot of goals, but we did create a hell of a lot of chances. And that first half, our XG was 1.5, 15 shots, three big chances, four of our shots were on target too. So, um, I mean, it's not like we didn't create a lot in that first half, even though, again, only one goal. But, uh, I mean, did a good job of just, again, keeping Hoffenheim quiet, which I think that also comes down to them just kind of sitting deeper and deeper as the half went on, too. And and a lot of that came from the second half as well, which I'll touch on in a sec. But um, Hoffenheim just kind of felt like a little bit more cautious because they just could not contain JBG. I mean, there was just a lot of lightning pace between him and, and Mukoko had a lot of skill too. I mean, early on he had the, had the nutmeg on, I think it was Volt and then went around Brooks as well made him not, look like a nut. amateur. Whew. Not a great game for Brooks. <laughs> I mean, not he's been, yeah, not, he's, it's sad. I, I, as a USMNT fan, I used to like really like Brooks and obviously too. I think there was a lot of like the talk with issues with him and Burhalter, but it's, it, it's been sad to see like his career kind of just not, it's, it hasn't been good the last couple of years for him. No, I, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to get into John Brooks career, but anyway, um, <laughs> I was about to, and I was like, eh. um, yeah, I mean, Mukoko, he didn't get a lot of touches this game, but again, I think it was just really tough to control the the pace from the young players and, and Royce getting into himself some really good positions as well. Um, 
the second half, Hoffenheim, they came out and pushed a little bit higher up the field on both sides of the ball, those first like seven, ten minutes of the second half, but slowly pushed themselves back again. Um, and Dortmund just kind of grew into the game again, went up another level, went up another gear. Uh, did we make any subs that happened? No, we didn't. Um, no, Reina got 70 minutes. Yeah. This time, uh, JBG subbed out of the 64th, which I know he still had like really good game and even like ratings wise still had a really high rating even being subbed out pretty early too it, and it was tough for Mukoko to get himself into this game too i mean given he's not the biggest striker and he's going against some really big center backs as well i mean i think he did a good amount for you know what uh the player profile that he is and and the defense he was going against uh but yeah i mean good match overall i mean missed a handful of chances that we need to put away especially against teams like Bayern next weekend i mean we need to stay full throttle all 90 minutes i think there were times in the second half against Hoffenheim that we did take our foot off the gas which and we've mentioned plenty of times that can be a concern for this team and that's just something we really have to look out for. Hopefully, Terzic, I would imagine he has that in the back of his mind where he just has to keep pushing these players all on 90 minutes against uh, against Munich. Um, real quick, since we did talk on the the handball and how we've been mistreated by the referees, what did you think about the Kobach second yellow red? Yeah, I made a tweet about it. I thought it was Kobach, really sorry. strange decision. I didn't, I didn't agree with that whatsoever, even though it was for us. I mean... Malin didn't do much this game. I think he's been kind of lackluster in these. I mean, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great either these past few weeks. Um, and he was really fortunate to get a to get away with the red card for Kabak because I mean, he got the nutmeg, sure. But I mean, Kabak he was still defending the ball. He wasn't necessarily going for the man. And the second that Malin tried to get around him, he grabs Kabak's uh, collar like hard. And tugs on it. And like, if I were a defender, I'd be doing the exact same thing, pushing Malin off. You know, he had positioning. It's not like they were really playing dirty there. I mean, Malin was, but I mean, he was just kind of matching that, uh, trying to go shoulder to shoulder still. So I would have done the same thing if I were a defender. That's that's all I'm saying. I mean, if someone's tugging on my collar, I'd be pushing him off too. Yeah, at first, and maybe it was the Dortmund fan with my Dortmund hat on, like thinking, Oh yeah, definitely. Like, cause I, I at first I just see his arm straight out, like holding Mullen back. But then on the replay, I'm like, oh no, Mullen initiated all of that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think maybe it's a little bit on goes against Kabak from the rest perspective. Is like that dude just got nutmegged. Of course he's gonna foul him to get. You know what I mean? Like not that. That's how it really went down. He did get nutmegged, but you just sense like, oh, probably some frustration there. But yeah little sneaky sneak by Mullen and yeah they go down but not that we could capitalize on it we still uh get the the 1010 win and we were moving on the in the cup unlike some other big hitters RB Leipzig went out yeah which is great to see uh they won the last two years uh so that's that's nice and then the even better one is uh Bayern Munich I would say Leipzig is actually the better one personally but yeah yeah aspect of the cup but like after that what do you look at next it's like oh Bayern uh, but yeah, cause I mean, I feel like it always gets tricky with Byron when like they're still going far in the champions league and everything. Um, yeah, Leipzig and, and Byron, I, I didn't see any other results. Like I'm imagining Leverkusen is still in it. That's the, the other worry one, but I mean, you got those two big hitters out. So that's, that's good. I I'd say you look at, you look at Leverkusen now on the form they're in and how they've been performing in the Bundesliga, but you look at Dortmund is now the, we got the big targets on our back. We are the biggest club uh in the competition now so ours to lose yeah so and we host a pissed off Bayern Munich this Saturday now and, and um 
I almost said Dick Classicer, but I'm not going to say that actually. <laughs> um, Bayern are also one of three unde- well, one of the last three undefeated teams in the top flight, along with Leverkusen and us. I can only imagine how uh, frustrated they have to be losing to Saarbrücken, who is in 15th place in the third division, who lost uh, in the 96th minute in this in this Pokal match. So. Munich obviously very frustrated, but they also are pretty hurt at the moment. I mean, given their spirits are down, they're, I mean, they've been in shambles for a while now, top bottom. Um, I did some digging around their subreddit earlier just to kind of, just to kind of read and, and, and scroll a bit. Um, and a lot of people are not happy with Tuchel. I mean, for reasons like not subbing on Kane in this Pokal match, even though I imagine he was saving a lot of the players for this game at the weekend. I mean, it, it just the game slipped away from him, unfortunately. But I mean, Delit almost also went off on this game uh, in their Pokal. So I mean, he's going to be unavailable. Kimmich, for those of you who don't know, he got a red card in the last game against Darmstadt, so he is out. Um, now this is just I think this may just be speculation, but I believe Goretzka is also very questionable as well. So if if there's no Kimmich, if there's no Goretzka, Munich have close to zero midfielders going into this game on Saturday, which is really interesting. Makes this face t- uh, this fixture a bit more tasty, if I say so myself. I mean, they still have Conrad Limer, who's also been, been playing out of position a lot this season um, as a right back, but I really don't know what kind of shape they're going to line up with or anything, honestly. I mean, of course, you're going to have Musiala starting. Of course, you're going to have Kane back in the mix, but I mean, that midfield, that's where hopefully Terzik is doing a lot of his homework and trying to exploit because, I mean, if there's any time in in the in the last few years where we've had arguably the best chance to win at home, I think this is it. I mean, last year, of course, we got the tie, and um, it was a great opportunity as well. But I mean, this is a this is a Munich who've, or again, they're missing a lot of really important players. I mean, Kimmich has been out of form, but he turns into like prime Zidane against us at times. Uh, and score is just like worldies or, or is just a monster and as, as their six. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how we can, how we can perform against them. I mean, we have some players who are quite unquestionable form as well, but we also have some players that are in some banging form and, and players that are starting to become in, in, in better form as well. And players that are, you know, just growing into the game more. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm just excited overall. I mean, there'll be a good chance for us to get three points on them, which of course will put them up right above um, them in the table and just put them right, uh, put us right below Leverkusen, of course, depending on what Stuttgart do. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. Uh, this is the first time in a while where I'm not saying I've, I'm like, we're going to smash him by any means, um, but I, I feel like we're not going to get embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know they had all those midfield issues. I don't know. I have not been paying attention enough. I mean, sometimes I don't even pay attention enough to Dortmund news and I just jump on here and start <laughs> <laughs> just, just talking it up. Uh, no. So that, I mean, that's really exciting. Their, their attack is obviously still extremely dangerous. They've been firing. I know their defense in not, I mean, I feel like their defense is kind of up in the air sometimes, but I feel like that's because their midfield has also been up in the air. Like I know like Kimmich is, is great in Goretzka, but, there's been a lot of confusion on like who's actually playing, who's going to be their six. Is Kimmich playing a right back? Is Limer playing a right back? Like they, right. they they have some issues, but despite those issues, their front line has been crazy. Sane's been 
Uh, Sané and Kane linking up has been incredible. Musiala has been uh, in really good form lately. Um, and I think the the big thing is like, are they going to be able to connect to that front line if they don't? If their midfield is pretty much non-existent. So yeah, that that's where we can capitalize. I I'm I'm pretty confident in Hummels and Schlotterbeck being able to handle it. I'm confident in Bintabayini uh, handling Sané on the the left. Maybe that's I mean, just me being optimistic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess some people aren't happy with Bintabayini, but I'm 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 pretty confident in our center backs being able to handle Kane. And I uh, yeah, I, I'm excited too that the midfield news just brightens my day even more. Yeah. Do you have any uh, predictions here? I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking we win two one. When you were telling me about everything, that was my thought. Initial thoughts, two one. I really, and then just as far as a lineup too. I really hope Royce. I I think Royce gets a start. Um, I feel like we're we're gonna see like kind of what we've been seeing. Um, as far as Royce and Brant, and it'll be maybe the the other winger will just be a like a training decision, like who's been training the best to to get that other spot. I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Reyna. Um, I feel like Mullen's probably going to be automatic, but I agree yep. with who's going to be the other one. I don't know. I mean, Terzik is, he's probably thinking, you know, Reyna's not going to do the defensive efforts, but I, mean, I can really imagine JBG starting, to be honest with you. I mean, I think that's maybe a reason why he was taken out uh, just after the hour mark against Hoffenheim is because he was trying to save him a little bit more for um, for this game. I mean, he brings on a hell of a lot for this for that defense um, and Munich. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see you. Terzic's got a lot of decisions to make. And um, yeah, I, I feel like if I feel the prediction will be, we will score in the first half. They'll equalize in the first half. And then the 65th, 70th minute, we get a two, one or go up to one. And then we just barely hold on at the end and we get our first win against Munich. Oh, God, I think since 2018, 20, 2018 2019 i think that was that season under under favre if i'm not wrong yeah we're gonna have to tweet out those numbers i want or i want i want you to tweet that out so people have a reference oh i didn't uh, i gotta i gotta hijack the the um the pod one more time i also put a poll out to see what our what our listeners would think uh going into saturday i asked what your predictions would be and we have 60 percent of people thinking we'll win 17 percent of people thinking we'll draw and 22 percent thinking we oh excuse me i missed that 60% 60% of people thinking we will win. 17% of people thinking we will lose. 22% think we will draw. I like the optimism. I feel like we know. I feel like we're not always the most optimistic fans. No, and rightfully especially so. Especially against Bayern. So this yeah, is great. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And I mean, on well, real quick before we, I want to talk about uh, maybe the plans this weekend. But first, um, another interesting thing with, with this match is on Tuesday, of course, we play Saturday against Bayern. Tuesday, Champions League again against Newcastle. Quick turnaround. Again, just adds to the what are we doing with the lineup. I, I feel like Newcastle is at home. Obviously, we just beat them away, but I that will still be a tough match. And like obviously we want to throw everything at Bayern, but we don't want to like throw everything and then not be prepared to handle Newcastle at home. I mean, I hear you, but I think the priority right now is is just sticking with Bayern, taking one game at a time. I know that's yeah. what everyone says all the time, but this, I mean, this is where it really, um, 
rings true. I mean, just take one game and one day at a time, and then we'll we'll deal with Tuesday when we come when we come to it. But I mean, the, the league is just is just vital for us to keep pace with everyone right now, especially again with us dropping points in the first month of the season. And I mean, one like positive thing to look at is we haven't seen much rotation. Like we we've seen most guys play Champions League and Bundesliga. Like there hasn't been a, a ton of rotation, especially in that back line, because again, we don't have the rotation. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see a very similar lineup against Newcastle and Bayern and then let that Stuttgart game be a little more of a rest. Like we, we've seen Hummels go back-to-back Champions League and Bundesliga. So it wouldn't surprise me. Like maybe that was a way to condition them for this tough stretch. Um, so I'm like, I'm less concerned about having to heavily rotate. I, I think we'll see a similar lineup. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, pretty much everyone else is is healthy at the moment. I mean, I think... I don't know if Chan's going to be ready for these next few weeks or not. Um, but I mean, oh, and then Wolf came off, of course, uh, with a knock um, against Hoffenheim. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, everyone else pretty much looks available at the moment, so which is a great position to be in. I mean, unlike a lot of uh, really just the past few years, especially against Bayern, too, we've missed some pretty big players. So uh, it, it's it's exciting. Cool. Well, before we wrap, do you want to talk about the plans for the weekend as far as watching the game oh yeah sure uh of course <laughs> if like, you were what? wait we're hanging out what are we doing what's happening <laughs> <laughs> well, i don't know if you're talking about sunday but anyway um so of course if you're in st louis we'll be at the amsterdam tavern um at least i will be i think jake is going to be traveling with st louis city so he will i don't need to leave. i think i can come watch the first half i don't need to be we're leaving I need to be at work, quote unquote work, at like 1.30. So I think I'm going to come for the first half. Okay. Um, great. Uh, so yeah, we'll be at the Amsterdam Tavern. And of course, we'll have links in the description of this episode for other watch parties as well. Um, be sure to check online if you're in pretty much any area. There's going to be probably some people watching games um, at some sort of local bar. And if not... I'm sorry, <laughs> but there's, <laughs> there's of course communities online. You can, you can join in as well and, and yeah, just get to know people and, and connect and, uh, have some fun and whether it's tears of joy or tears of soy, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you can, uh, you can just shred them with, um, or you can shed them with, uh, with people you love and other Dortmund fans. Yeah. Maybe you're a new, a new Dortmund fan. You haven't like gone to a pub or, or anywhere to watch a game with other Dortmund fans. I mean, that's cool because like, I, that's fine. Like, I don't go to Amsterdam Tavern every weekend. I usually just go uh, for this game because, I don't know, I chill at home on the weekends or I'm, I'm traveling for work. Um, but this, this is the game to do it. This is the game to get out and, uh, and, and meet some fellow Dortmund fans. I know uh, if you're in the like, New York area, New York City area, uh, those guys, Brooklyn Bruce, and will be at Banter uh, in Brooklyn. I think the DC guys will be at a place called Across the Pond. I could be wrong, but I'm going to, well, if, if you uh, are a fan club, fan group, make sure you reach out to us on Twitter. We want to share and spread the love for your guys' watch parties so you can find us. Or if you're not a part of a fan group, go to our Twitter. Also, we'll help you find maybe the, the group in your area, but it's at the BVB pod, Twitter, Instagram, X, whatever, threads. And you can always email us too if you're not on social, the bvpod at gmail.com. I think that's yeah, all I have good for shout. that. If, if any fan groups want to just tweet at us, message us, whatever kind of watch party they're having, we'll be sure to repost. Yeah, definitely good shout. Cool. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging out, listening. Thankfully, I think, 
I mean, if you listen this far, that means the, the technology worked. We got the episode out there, which is a, a big old blessing. And uh, I, I definitely shouted it out on the first few times we tried to record. I don't know if we got on this one. So shout out Carver. Got his C coaching license. <laughs> Maybe that was the, the curse. <laughs> we, we tried to shout it out at the beginning of each time we recorded and it kept failing. So, but shout out Carver. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, everyone in the course that I got to meet was awesome. Every other coach was in it for the right reasons. We learned a lot from each other. The instructors were saying like, you know, the 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 um students, I guess coaches if you want to call them whatever, they learned a lot more from each other than they do the instructors and just, you know, getting different perspectives of the game from coaches not only around the state but the country and, and the world even. Um, so it, yeah, it was great to meet everyone and, um, we're all looking to leave the sport in a better place that we found it, which is a great way to, uh, to coach the game. So a lot of self-reflection and, um, another step forward in the journey I'm trying to do. Preach, 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 preach based. No, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, hopefully we'll see you at Amsterdam this Saturday. If you are in, uh, St. Louis, hopefully we'll see you out in like Brooklyn Bruce and socials or wherever you're going to watch. But uh, yeah, appreciate you guys listening. We will see you next week. See ya.